0: See a big rival of yours is uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I'm hoping he go
1: like to Denver or something like that. Aaron, you hear this? Just go like to Denver or something like that. Just go on and get out of the divisions and let us get our division back. And yeah, gotta be okay. Thank you, P.S. Dalvin. You
0: have any inkling of where he may be going? Denver. Just go to I don't care where he go. Just get out of the north. Just, just keep out, out the north. Just stay out of the north. Take Devontae Adams with you. And y'all go do y'all thing, whatever else y'all to go at and just let the men in purple own their division back.
1: Alright, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for TheVikingAge.com. And for those welcome, welcome to the brand new YouTube page for The Viking Age. I'm Adam Patrick, I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age, and I am joined by my co-host, Chris Shad, who writes for us here at The Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook, the site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com The Viking Age. And of course, for those watching on YouTube, make sure to like this video and then hit the subscribe button down below. All right, Chris, let's just get right into today's first topic, which is the Carolina Panthers reportedly called the Vikings about a possible trade involving quarterback Kirk Cousins. Now, this comes from Score North's Judd Zolgad, who also spent a handful of years covering the Vikings for the Star Tribune. So he's he's got some connections to the team and, and people outside of the team. Uh, he shared on Monday's episode of the Purple Daily Podcast that the Carolina Panthers recently called the Vikings about the possibility of a trade for Kirk Cousins Solgad also added that the call, quote, went nowhere for now, but that the Vikings and Panthers could potentially maybe reconnect in the future about a possible Kirk Cousins trade. All right. So, Chris, are the Panthers a realistic trade partner for the Vikings in terms of moving Kirk Cousins this offseason?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think they are because I think I saw it on Twitter today that the Panthers are the thirstiest team for a quarterback this uh, offseason. And I mean, Kirk Cousins is a thirst trap. If you want to save your job, win eight or nine games like Matt Rule does, Kirk Cousins is the perfect quarterback. And not only that, the Panthers do have some pieces they could send in return. I know not a lot of Viking fans are going to be excited about Sam Darnold as their next quarterback, but It's $18 million. It's a one year contract. You can get out of them in 2023 and you can draft your quarterback of the future in this draft or in the 2023 draft. So if you go ahead and do that, maybe you ask for, I don't know, a wide receiver like Justin Jefferson's teammate, Terrace Marshall. Um, Again, that was something I saw on Twitter. I'm so sorry. I can't remember the handle right now, but I saw that deal where it was, you know, you have Justin Jeff or excuse me, you have Terrace Marshall, you have a round two pick and you have Sam Darnold coming to Minnesota, I think that would be a good haul considering all the pieces that the Vikings need. And I think that you need to take advantage of teams that are going to be desperate. And I think the Carolina Panthers are one of the most desperate teams in this quarterback market.
1: Yeah, I think the Panthers are very realistic. Uh,
0: (laughs) Who is that? I don't know what that was. We're lying, baby.
1: (laughs) I think the Panthers are very realistic um, as a trade partner for the Vikings uh, when it comes to Kirk Cousins because we've seen, yeah, we've already seen the Panthers. They, you know, they signed Teddy Bridgewater. They traded for Sam Darnold, uh, and this is year three for Matt Rule. He's only been able to win five games every year, um, and he's pretty much looking to do anything possible to to save his job, even if it means only getting you know nine or eight wins. Um, I'd be curious to what the Panthers would be willing to give up because they do have a top ten pick in this this year's draft. Uh, but that brings me to my next question, which is, you know, if the Panthers weren't willing to give the Vikings a first round pick in this year's draft, would you be okay with them giving uh, the Vikings a first round pick in next year's draft?
0: I'd almost prefer it. Uh, excuse me. I'd almost prefer it. I'm sorry. I'm yep. I'm slipping over my words here. I'm so excited. <laughs> Then I am slipping over my words because this 2023 class, you're going to have better quarterbacks at your disposal. Bryce Young is regarded as a better prospect. Uh, You have C.J. Stroud, uh, and usually you have a pop-up prospect that comes out of nowhere. I mean, with this quarterback class, because I assume if you do trade Kirk Cousins, whatever you're doing, you're taking a quarterback, right? So in this quarterback class, you have to be 100% sure that this is your guy. And I look at all these quarterbacks and say, well, if you squint really hard, he could be a franchise guy. That doesn't mean you completely fade the class, but I think it means that you think long and hard about it. So if you get a first-round pick in the 2023 class, in a class that's going to have more franchise-changing talent, I say go ahead and do it still, uh, especially if you can get something attached to it that could help you down the road.
1: Would you be okay with the trade if uh, the Panthers were like, hey, we'll take Kirk Cousins, you know, you won't have to pay any of his his cap or whatever. Uh, but you got to take Sam Darnold. Would you uh will be
0: okay Are with that? Are we talking straight up?
1: Oh no, I I think the So, car- so there the, would the be drafts car- but the pan- Yeah, it'd be like, okay, yeah. let's let's just let's lay it out. It would be Kirk Cousins for Sam well, and the Vikings would maybe throw in what like a fourth or a fifth um mm-hmm. and then go to Carolina for for Sam Darnold. And uh, a first or let's say a third this year and a first next year.
0: Yeah, I I do that. I I mean, honestly, if you can get a first at all for Kirk Cousins, I say do it. I I know his stats and I know what Kevin O'Connell said and all that from Thursday. But I mean, look at his contract demands. He wants a $40 million contract, according to a report. And I mean, if you do that. Oh, you're in the same spot you're in right now in a couple of years. I know the cap's going to go up, but I mean, this is Kirk Cousins. He's not going to change. I'm a Twins fan. And for the longest time, the Twins had Kyle Gibson. and Everybody's like, look at Gibby out there. Gibby's going to battle. And yeah, I know he's only throwing four in a third innings, but I mean, he's battling out there. That's Kirk Cousins. He's the same guy. And Kyle Gibson turned into an all-star with the Phillies, and that's great for him. But, I mean, it was never going to happen with the Twins. The same thing goes with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is going to magically morph into a Super Bowl-winning quarterback with the Vikings. At some point, you have to cut your losses and realize what you're doing is not working. They did it with Rick Spielman. They did it with Mike Zimmer. Now it's time to do it with Kirk Cousins. And I think, you know, we're talking specifically about the Panthers. We said in the last episode, there are so many teams that are going to be thirsting for a quarterback. And Kirk Cousins is the NFL's thirst trap right now. You got to dangle him. You got to see what you can get. And hopefully something good happens and you get a good deal where you can move on from this and create some cap flexibility.
1: Yeah, I like the Panthers a lot um, as a destination because I think they're probably one of the more likely destinations for Kirk Cousins because uh, let's let's face it, the Panthers aren't going to be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. He's not going to be picking the Panthers as one of the teams he would be okay with going to if he wants to be traded. And then, you know, maybe same thing goes for Russell Wilson or even, even Deshaun Watson, uh, which I think Deshaun Watson's probably going to the Steelers now after they just hired Brian Flores. Uh, but that's, and if, if Deshaun Watson plays, I guess we should, uh, yeah. clarify that. But, um, I, I just think the Panthers are, are very, uh, a team to keep an eye on when it comes to Kirk cousins. I think maybe the Browns are too, um, and maybe even the Colts, uh, but I think the Panthers are a very realistic destination. And what, it, what does this say, you know, about maybe the outside feelings about how, how people think the Vikings feel about Kirk Cousins, given that the Panthers, you know, reportedly made this call? Are people like, well, we've heard some chatter that
0: maybe, maybe the
1: Vikings would like to move on from, from Kirk Cousins. Do you, you think that could be uh, going on here?
0: I know there's been a lot of reports from Adam Schefter, Tom Pellicero, and uh, Ian Rappaport. I mean, Rappaport's been saying daily, the Vikings are keeping Kirk Cousins. (laughs) What do they say at the end of every report, though? They need to work out the contract. If they go to Kirk Cousins, he's like, I want $40 million. They have to go, okay, we got to do this. They have to do their homework on this. Because if they just forge ahead, just paying Kirk Cousins $40 million, it's not going to be to the benefit of this franchise. So, they need to talk. They need to do their homework. And I think teams know this. They see the Vikings cap situation and they say, maybe we could get him. I, it, you know, everybody kind of knows who Kirk Cousins is at this point. So, I think that the Vikings would be wise to try and go ahead and try to shop Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting and it's going to probably hap- happen soon. I think the combine starts what, uh, beginning of March and, in- that's going to be full of executives and, and head coaches and agents. So that's a place where a lot of deals go down. So I would expect some some things to take place within or at least get started with, within that uh, time period. And uh, it's going to be uh, interesting. It's going to be very interesting. All right, let's move on to the next topic, which has to do with the Vikings adding some more assistant coaches today. Uh, there was a report that they were hiring. Uh, Wes, Wes Phillips from the Rams, the tight ends coach for the Rams as their new OC. That's been officially announced within the last, uh, I believe, half hour. They actually announced five uh, additional head coaches to the Vikings staff. They are Wes Phillips, who will be the Vikings offensive coordinator. Matt Daniels will be the special teams coordinator. Durante Jones will be the defensive backs coach. Uh, ben Katwika or Kotwika. Assistant Special Teams. Sorry if I'm butchering that name, because I probably am. And then Mike Smith is the outside linebackers slash pass rush specialist coach. That's kind of interesting. I don't think the Vikings have ever had a pass rushing specialist uh, coach. But they added five coaches today, including Wes Phillips, uh, who comes over from the Rams. And we're going to talk about him. Uh, he. Uh, was has spent the last three years with the Rams. He was the tight ends coach and the uh, passing game coordinator, I believe. And then before that, he was with the uh, Washington, now the Washington Commanders, from 2014 to 2018. And then before that, he was on the Dallas Cowboys offensive staff from 2007 to 2013. If his last name sounds familiar, it's because he is the son of former NFL head coach Wade Phillips and the grandson of former NFL head coach. Bum Phillips. Uh, all right, Chris. What are your thoughts on this hire, if any? You know about Wes Phillips becoming the new offensive coordinator of the Vikings.
0: It, it was going to be weird, no matter what, because we know Kevin O'Connell's calling the plays. But from what we've heard, O'Connell wants to establish the same type of relationship that he had with Sean McVay in Los Angeles. So the guy working under him's going to do a lot of the scheming, a lot of the game planning, and kind of the development of the offense. Um, I don't know much about Wes Phillips. I know he was a tight ends coach. He was a passing game coordinator. But I know uh, Kevin O'Connell wants to work through the pass where Mike Zimmer kind of worked through the run. He established the run by running the ball, right? O'Connell wants to do a different thing. He wants to pass, then he wants to run. I will like it depending on what I see in camp. Like, I I think this offense is going to look so much more different. I think more people are going to see the Vikings throw the ball, use 11 personnel, three wide receivers, spread it out. Um, I'm excited to see what Irv Smith Jr. can do in this offense. Like, when you look at this offense on paper, they have the talent that the Rams kind of have. And and I know that's kind of a blasphemous statement because they're in the middle of the league in offense, but you have Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen, you have Dalvin cook in the backfield. You have Irv Smith jr. Returning from that knee injury. And then you have KJ Osborne, uh, Amir Smith, Marset could break out and Hey, they could draft another receiver in the first round. Could you imagine Drake London in this offense? That would be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I think this offense is poised to explode. And You know, it's going to be one of those opportunities that if Kevin O'Connell is successful, people will be falling over themselves to get this job in the future. So I don't really have an opinion on Wes Phillips in general, but the job uh, as a whole, I I think it's a good gig to have.
1: Yeah, I, uh, like you, uh, don't really know a whole lot about Wes Phillips. Uh, He's not going to be calling the plays, but I kind of look at it.
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah? I, I just want to point out he is one of two third-generation family coaching crees in the NFL. You want to guess the other one?
1: <laughs> I don't. But
0: uh, Shula. uh Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know their name. Uh, Don, Mike, and then I guess there's a Chris? third one. I, I think can't Chris? think of it. I Could think Chris be. Shula yes. Is other yeah. One. So so there you go. I'd, the more
1: you know. I thought you were going down me for some reason. I thought maybe Gary Kubiak had a. Dad or something that was in there, or or or, sh- or another Shanahan, because you know can't get rid of them. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I look at it though as like kind of when the Vikings hired Mike Zimmer and uh, they brought in George Edwards to be their defensive coordinator, and people are like, uh, you know, what what's the point of bringing him? And he's not calling plays or anything, but you know, they need someone because O'Connell has to look over the entire team um and Wes Phillips will be able to help with game planning and and maybe even do some scripted plays so I know O'Connell was I believe he was in charge of that with the Rams so maybe that'll become Wes Phillips job with the Vikings um and then you know he's just got experience working with O'Connell because he's from the Rams and then they spent a little bit of time together when they're with the commanders um so I don't have a problem with the hire uh I don't really have I'm not excited or disappointed with it just cuz I I just don't I don't know how to feel I would be, be be more excited I think I feel differently about like the defensive coordinator because I know they're probably going to have a a bigger impact uh on that unit than than maybe Wes Phillips will but maybe he won't maybe Wes Phillips will will help out but the fact that he's a tight ends coming coming from a tight ends background makes me does make me feel good about you know, Irv Smith coming back and, and the things he might be able to do with him. Um, do you think that with O'Connell there and Phillips there now, and I believe some, some other people from the Rams as well, will they be able, will the Vikings, you know, next year or maybe even the year after or whatever, will they be able to replicate some of the, the Rams' offensive success that they've been able to experience in the last few seasons?
0: I can think of one area when it comes to getting the ball to Justin Jefferson. That's a lot like Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl. Remember, all systems were down for the Rams. And what did Matthew Stafford do? He pumped Justin Jefferson with targets. Now, it depends on the quarterback because Matthew Stafford is willing to just chuck it anywhere. Remember him and Calvin Johnson? He was the original, you know, bleep it. Calvin Johnson's down there somewhere, or Megatron's down there somewhere, or whatever it was like, we've been begging Kirk cousins to be like bleep at Justin Jefferson's down there somewhere. You that's know, a and, that's a bad
1: play. That's a bad play. Don't do that.
0: Oh, I, I, I don't care. If you're throwing an interception 40 <laughs> yards downfield, it's like a punt, but you know, mm-hmm. those stats got to get that $40 million a year. He thinks he's getting right. So, I mean, you have the zone scheme. You already have that in place. That's where Dalvin cook thrives or, Whoever they decide to take in the draft, because I think somebody is coming. Uh, you have Justin Jefferson as that wide receiver one. You have Adam Thielen as the wide receiver two, kind of in the Robert Woods mold. And I, I, I think they're taking another receiver too. I know KJ Osborne was great, but I think they're going to add pieces to this. This is going to be really exciting for the offense. And I mean, even if Kirk Cousins isn't here, because as much as we rag on him, he puts up great stats. I, I mean, he gets the ball to Justin Jefferson, he gets the ball to his weapons, he just doesn't do it in the same facet that we would like. So I I think they could come close to replicating what the Rams did, but I, I mean I'm not gonna sit here and be like, This is the new look Rams. They're sure as hell trying with all the assistant coaches, but uh it it looks very promising. Yeah, I think
1: you can look at what the Bengals. Um and they got they took Zach Taylor from the Rams. And uh, obviously they got the number one pick and they got Joe Burrow and then they got Jamar Chase, uh, but their, their offense and they had Joe Mixon. So they have just some similar skill players uh, that the Vikings currently have. Um, I think you could you know, people in the long, one run, long run, run would probably take Joe Burrow uh, over Kirk Cousins. But I think right now skill set, they're, they're fairly similar, um, maybe not in late game situations or, or tougher competition. But, you know, you look at someone like Joe Mixon and Delvin Cook, those are two similar players. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, obviously, are friends and and similar players. Both went to LSU, Very both very good receivers. So I look, think you look at a team like that and and how their offense was able to progress, uh, you know, I think within within three years. I think that's a fair timetable to expect the offense to kind of get into a groove. Um, maybe, maybe by year two, my expectations for the Vikings in the first year of Kevin O'Connell are going to be pretty low. Um, but I'm also optimistic, you know, he could be, you look at a guy like Matt LaFleur who also came from, you know, Sean McVay's coaching tree. You look at a guy like him and getting the Packers, like turning them into a, you know, an NFC juggernaut going, winning thirteen games every year, and, and maybe Kevin O'Connell can do that. But yeah, it all all depends who who the quarterback is uh, for the Vikings next season. And uh, at this point, uh, February twenty first, we don't know as much as Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero and whoever else from from NFL media who have been accused recently of carrying water for for the Vikings. Um, as much as they, you know, seem to pump up that Kirk Cousins is going to be the starter for the Vikings uh, next season, that still has to be uh, taken with a grain of salt. Given, I think I just think given the history that the Vikings have, it doesn't matter if Spielman or, or, or Zimmer are there. We don't know this this new regime either. We don't know what they're capable of if they're coming in. You know, if they're going to cut everybody, we don't we don't even know that. Um, so I'm 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 optimistic about the Vikings next year. What do you think?
0: Bullish. I mean, I think they're stealing (laughs) still a nine or eight or nine win team. I'm not going to put them as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And to me, 2022 doesn't matter. Like, I'll I'll get happy or I'll get sad if the Vikings were going to lose. But I think that the grand scheme of things, you're establishing a culture where year two or year three is going to be the year where it takes off. I don't think the Vikings are going to bottom out and go three and 14 or whatever. But I don't think they're going to go thirteen and four either, and contend for a Super Bowl title. That's just not what this team is doing. And you have a lot of needs. You need, like I said, you probably need another receiver, right? You definitely need a guard. You need a center. You need uh, defensive linemen, both edge and in the middle. You need. You might need linebackers if Anthony Barr leaves, uh, and you also need help in the secondary. There's a lot of needs between now and turning this team into a contender and what I don't want to see them do is the same thing they did last year where they just signed everybody to a bunch of one-year deals and now we're sitting there going, huh, we don't we don't really have anybody to start. So I I think they'll be a middle of the pack team, but it, it's going to feel different. It's going to feel like there's progress and I think we can get behind that.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to be behind with pretty much whatever they do because I, I feel like it's a it's a new... Just a new mentality for for, for this franchise.
0: Matthew Collar mentioned it on his podcast, I think on Friday, that it's a lot like the weather in Minnesota. I, I know you're in California, so like this... You, th- you probably have no idea what this is like. Oh, I right? heard what he said. Yep. Yeah, said. It, it, when it turns fifty degrees in the fall, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, ah. Uh, but when it's fifty degrees in the spring, you're breaking out the shorts. You're grilling some burgers. You're hey, I'm from I'm beer. from upstate New York.
1: I know how that goes. Yeah, it gets yeah. forty degrees in in February. You're like, woo! It's time to break out the
0: shorts. See, I so, feel like their winters are worse than Minnesota winters, though, because you constantly have like, yeah, you constantly have like 24-inch snowstorms. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll get like yeah. four to six, but everybody thinks like Minnesota is like Siberia or something, you know?
1: Upstate New York gets cold, too. Like, Minnesota gets, yeah. I think, oh, like, yeah. the the, re- the reputation of being like bitter cold, but you go to Buffalo or, or Syracuse, or whatever, it can get below zero, plus, you know, the, the lake affects lake snow, which is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that
0: lake... What is it? Lake Ontario? Is Ontario, that Ontario is like
1: Lake Erie. There's oh, a bunch yeah, of like, yeah. you got, you got the Finger Lakes in, okay. In the middle there. Yeah. It's, it's just everywhere. Lots of snow, which is why I live in San Diego now because I am over snow and ice. Now cold to me is, Ooh, it's, a, it's like today. It's a brisk 60 degrees outside. Um, oh, nice. Had, we, we had to put sweatshirts on to go outside today. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a little chilly. We made it, we made it through though um but uh, i feel like if
0: you're up north you appreciate it more though like 60 degrees you're like ooh, gotta get the sweatshirts (laughs) out and i mean we do here in minnesota it's just sweatshirts and shorts like you're probably walking around people are like bundled up like a blizzard's about to hit like i don't know man (laughs) i gotta get my north face jacket on yeah it
1: was it was 90 here a week ago um so yeah i take that yeah, <laughs> it was. It, we had the AC on Feb- in February. I was like, what is going on? Um, yeah, it's uh, good times out here. Cold in Minnesota, which is why I will probably never go there in the wintertime because I don't go to see my family in the wintertime because it's too cold. So uh, maybe I will see the Vikings. Uh, we'll see. All right, let's move on to our next topic, which is a, uh, a game that, that Chris wanted to play called Bluff or Tell. So, Chris, can you just maybe. This was your idea. So I want maybe you to tell people, you know, what's, what, what what we're about to do.
0: So when I looked at the press conference, it felt a lot like a poker game. You know, when you play Texas Hold'em or whatever, you get your two cards. You're trying to bluff. You're trying to do whatever. And when I heard Kevin O'Connell talk, I'm like, is he bluffing? Is he telling? Is he whatever? So what I did was I put together a couple of quotes and what I want you to do is tell me whether Kevin O'Connell is bluffing or he's telling the truth. Does that make sense?
1: Sure. You want if you want me to do it or you want me to ask you? Or do you want I will ask you both first because
0: this okay. is this is my game and we can go back and forth here. Whoa. So okay. I, okay. I I I'm taking possession of the podcast right now. Okay. We were partners, right, remember. Yes, yeah, so this, uh, yeah. this is the on air production movie. This is
1: the twenty four seven title Exchanging Hands mid mid show.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, okay. so the first quote I have is Kevin O'Connell talking about Kirk Cousins, and here's what he said. I think Kirk has played at a very high level, and he's done a lot of really good things throughout his career. I know who he is as a player. I know what he's capable of, and part of our job as coaches is maximizing a player's ability to go out every single Sunday and have success. I feel that's going to be an advantage for us, and we need to build our system offensively, make sure we really focus on the things Kirk does well, which I do think are a lot of the aspects of playing the position and help him on a daily basis, connect with his team, lead us, be a completely quieted-minded quarterback, and then go play because he's talented enough to do that, putting him in the best possible situation to have success. He goes on to say, I know he's already under contract and I'm excited to coach him. I'm going to leave the rest of the quote because it's getting pretty long. But what do you (laughs) think? Is Kevin O'Connell bluffing or is he telling here?
1: Uh I think it's a mixture of both. I think he's uh he's telling that he's he is excited to coach him. He he is familiar with him in the past and he knows what he is capable of. Um I do think he's bluffing a little bit when he, you know, he says things like I anticipate him being our quarterback and and he I he's under contract um uh, which, you know, if, if he's you, not lying yeah. if you had someone if you had like you asked your boss or someone asked your boss about you know your current status in your job and they responded well he's under contract um i don't think that would make you feel too good about your your job status with uh, your your company um but you know i think there were some telling things as far as kevin o'connell saying you know like the quiet is mine and things like that and uh and and leadership and and things like that um, which have all been kind of we've talked about lots of us have talked about those things in the past when it comes to Kirk Cousins as far as you know he has the talent to put up great numbers but when it comes to you know leading an entire locker room or you know getting the most out of out of his guys when when times are tough when he's going up against top top position he kind of comes up short a lot um so i think it's a little mixture of both when it comes to Kirk cousins um so that's 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 my my final answer
0: i think that it's both I think yeah. it's a bluff and a tell, like you said, because I think the Vikings are playing this situation perfectly. Like Kevin O'Connell was never going to go up in front of the press counter and be like, dude, he sucks. Get him out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was going to say good things about Kirk Cousins no matter what, and he knew that question was coming. I think what the Vikings are trying to do is they're trying to keep their options open. And, and what this does is it puts the pressure on Kirk Cousins because like they said, I mean, Kwasi, I didn't put this quote in there, but he said, hey, we're building a culture. We're building a foundation where Kirk Cousins can succeed. And if that culture is in place, they can go to the bargaining table and be like, all right, I know this isn't $40 million, but it helps the team out. And we have the best situation for you to succeed. It's like Kirk is a free agent again, and they're trying to sell them all over on what this is. And the advantage Kirk has is he can go, no, nah, screw you. I'm going to make $45 million next year. And the Vikings can go, well, we tried. And Kirk will look like the bad guy. This isn't mm-hmm. going to be on the Vikings. They've shifted the decision to Kirk Cousins. So I like what they've done here. And I think that it's a great bluff for the Vikings.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I think that... What are they going what, what to say? What are they going to say? Yeah, like you said. Oh, he's... He's our quarterback right now. I guess, you know, we'll see what we can do. No. He
0: sucks. Come and get him. Yeah. 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 He's, they gotta, he's terrible. They have Which to. He doesn't boost suck. His... I want to clarify that. Too. No, 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 no. He's a good quarterback, just not a $5 quarterback. They have to quarterback.
1: boost his trade value. That is the mm-hmm. goal for the next few weeks. And if they are unable to deal with him, then they will still look good because they've been complimenting him the whole time. And they'll be like, we weren't <sighs> lying. No. So. Who's it next? was not
0: the oh yeah Harrison Smith and i have here i think he's the perfect player for the defensive structure we want to play from the standpoint of the coverage how we want to make all things look the same he's got great length he's got great instincts he's going to be a problem for people in the middle of the field and around the line of scrimmage he really always has been speaking from experience bluff or tell on Harrison
1: Smith uh I'm gonna go out on of limb here and say this is a bluff because I think this is one guy the Vikings are gonna try and move uh this year that's might shock some people because I think he's someone that they can probably still get a good good return package uh for and you either you, you know you shop into to a contender like maybe the chiefs or like the Ravens or somebody or or even you know the Broncos or or some somebody else who's in contention that Looks at someone like Harrison Smith and is like, you know, this guy can take our defense to the next level, take us to a championship level defense. Um, so, I think something similar is going on with Harrison Smith as far as trying to boost his trade value. I think they're going to try and move him um, because, you know, they they got they got Cameron Bynum. Uh, you know, say what you will about him, but he looked pretty good last year uh, in replacement of, of Harrison Smith. And Harrison Smith, he's getting up there. He's still playing at a good level, high level, but we don't know how long that's going to last. He's making a good amount of money. So, and his trade value might not be as high as it is this year. And this is this is the year, this year is the year to unload, you know, as many of those people as possible, build for 2023, 2024. This is the year. So I think Kevin O'Connell's comments on Harrison Smith are bluff,
0: you know. I here's the thing with Smith I mean, you have to look at this team and figure the Vikings are rebuilding on defense, and, and that doesn't mean get rid of everybody, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But I, I think Harrison Smith's one of the few guys on this roster that has trade value, and if you could yeah. turn him into a second or third round pick, that's another player where you can get younger on the defensive side of the ball. The Vikings have had to get younger over the past couple of years, and they haven't done it. They haven't found enough solid talent. And I think the strength of this draft is not game-changing franchise players. I think it's solid starters that you can use that you need in a defense. Like, you can't have 11 All-Stars. That's why they have a salary cap. So, I think when it comes to Smith, too... I've always got the feeling he's been kind of part of that Zimmer culture where it's been this Mm -hmm. like intense thing, like that shot where he screamed at Cam Dancer, bleeping cover your guy or whatever it was (laughs) like that, that was kind of it. And then you had the picture when they beat Pittsburgh and yeah, I mean, every fan felt this way, but I mean, you had half the locker room on one side, you know, celebrating, having fun and whatever. And then on the other side, you had Harrison Smith looking like he needed a drink or something like it just seems like he's one of those Zimmer guys that the Vikings need to get rid of. And it doesn't mean he's a bad person. That's not what I'm saying. It's just if you want to move on, you kind of need guys that are going to fit that culture and have four years and sixty four million dollars. He's a little too expensive, for what he brings at his age. So I'm sure the Vikings would like to keep him, but. They're going to try and work out a restructured deal. and If that doesn't work, they're going to hit the trade market.
1: Yeah, and I think you have to look too to see, you know, most people would be like, oh, Harrison Smith can fit in any defense. But you have to look in, and see if if he's going to fit into what the Vikings now want to do on defense, what Ed Donatello wants to do with his, you know, supposed switch to a 3-4, which is likely going to rely on more coverage in the secondary. Um, you know, Harrison Smith is used to just, going wherever uh on the field being the you know what what the jack of all trades or whatever um and and at Donatello's defense who knows he might be they just might want him to be in a certain area for most of the time to, to take care of his zone or whatever and, and that's you know do you want to pay a guy over 10 million to just do that when you can probably just either draft someone or, or sign you know a veteran free agent off the street um,
0: cameron bynum looked well too last year
1: yeah yeah. So and he, he was yeah yeah. There's there's
0: a lot. So I think it's
1: so we both agree. What that's a bluff.
0: I think it's a bluff. Yes. Yeah. I I, I right. think he's telling the truth about the impact he can have, but I think it's a bluff overall. Yeah, sure. uh, next guys I have on my list. I grouped these two together because it was kind of the same thing. Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. And here's what he said. Those guys have long since been huge issues in this league for people defensively. I think there's ways to use those guys and allow them to play with an attacking mindset while they're still responsible for the things that they're responsible for defensively. And then I think we've got both players internal and on the edges defensively, defensive line wise, that can impact the quarterback. When it all works together, when that cloud coverage can make it cloudy for the quarterback, and that rush is one step closer to getting home, and those backers are doing everything they can to force negative runs on early downs and finish plays in the pass game, it can be a beautiful thing. That long-winded answer, and there were plenty of them at the press conference. You know, is it a bluff or is it a tell?
1: Mm, Um, I think we have to go with a mix, and I think it's. A bluff for Anthony Barr and a tell for Eric Kendricks. I think the Eric Kendricks is someone I've I've just heard a lot from people who cover the Vikings and follow the team very closely like like we do, that everyone would be very surprised if Eric Kendricks is moved this offseason. This isn't to say that he won't be, because we just we just talked about how Harrison Smith could could be on the move. This is the year to move everybody and Eric Kendricks is included in that, but people would still be surprised if he was on the move and then but the Anthony Barth thing is interesting because he's a free agent uh this year um and he you know I know he has got he's got some void years or whatever some dead money where he can come back and resign for cheaper but does he want to do that does he want to take a uh, essentially a pay cut uh to come back to the Vikings or does he want to go somewhere else you know maybe like the Rams go to LA his hometown, Go to the Chargers maybe go there and, and play at home, uh, be in a defense, get paid. You know, does he want to stay with the Vikings? I know he likes the Vikings and stuff he's been able to do out here. And guys like that seem to want to stay and stick around. And he already did that. He already, went like, pretend to go to the Jets and then was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go back to the Vikings because I like the Vikings the best. But... um I think the comments were nice about Kevin O'Connell, oh, not about Kevin O'Connell. About Anthony Barr. I look at stuff like this. I looked at a lot of things that Kevin O'Connell said. Was he can say all this stuff about these guys, but ultimately it comes down to the guy who is sitting next to him. He has the the final say when it comes down to these things, cause, which is why Kevin O'Connell has ended like all of his answers like. But at the same time, we also have to do what's best for the team and blah, 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 because he knows he does not have the final say. He is going to just take whatever guys Kwesi Adolfo Mensah gives him, and he's going to roll with that. So my answer is a bluff for Anthony Barr and a tell for Eric Kendricks.
0: I think it's a tell for both. I think that yeah. Eric Kendricks is staying. He's a sideline-to-sideline side guy. And if you're going to play that 3-4 base, you need a sideline-to-sideline side tackling machine. Here's why I think they yes. Here's why I think they keep Anthony Barr and and like Kendricks, he's a great leader too. But I think with Barr, remember when he came into the draft and he was this three four projected linebacker, mm-hmm. and the reason Mike Zimmer took him was because he wanted a guy that could cover running backs and make plays. And we gave Barr a whole bunch of crap, but what was he asked to? do in Mike Zimmer's defense this could have been another situation where the Vikings were keeping a Ferrari parked in a trailer park you know I mean we saw it all over on offense but maybe on defense too because Anthony Barr could have been that 3-4 stand-up pass rusher that could be collecting double-digit sacks I don't think he has that I think his knee is a little bit flawed but I think Kevin O'Connell looks at a player like that and goes hey he would be great in a 3-4 and we could use him so I I think that the Vikings are going to try to keep Anthony Barr. They just have to find it at the right price.
1: Yeah, price is very important. I think he he probably looks at a lot of these guys too. Is like, you know, we can't get rid of everybody. We got to keep some some leadership on our roster because I think the Vikings in the past might might have you know bitten themselves a bit by by cutting guys who were pretty much huge leaders in their locker room, maybe, maybe get, getting rid of them too fast. You look at guys like maybe a Brian Robinson, where, you know, he wasn't playing at a, a pro bowl level or whatever, but he was, you know, very important to the success of the Vikings in 2017. You look at someone like Terrence Newman, kind of similar. And then they let those guys go, I think before the 2018 season. And there was not, they, that team lacked leadership. Um, and I feel like if, if those two were maybe on that, that roster, things might've turned out differently. Um, so I think Kevin O'Connell's looking at the Vikings roster and being like, you know, who, who are the leaders we can keep? You know, if we're able to get these guys at a good price, you know, let's let's try and let's k- try and keep them around. So I could see Barr sticking around, but like you said, it has to be the right price. All right. So we got last so guy. so you said tell you said tell for both, and then I said I said tell bluff, for both, yeah. Yeah. And I said bluff for Anthony Barr and Tell yep. for Eric Kendricks. All right, so last guy who was not mentioned at all.
0: Well, I won't have to dryly <laughs> read any quotes about this guy because he didn't get <laughs> no. mentioned in the press conference at all. Uh, that's Daniel Hunter. Bluff or tell?
1: Uh, I think it's a tell. I think it's maybe some of these things, it's like, did he do it on purpose? But like, then you think about like how much money goes into this business and how calculated everything is and how much time someone like Kevin O'Connell had to prepare for a press conference like this for him to not mention Daniel Hunter at all is very weird. Um, You know, and I think maybe that's, that's a tell for what either the Vikings saying, Hey, if you want to come back, then you gotta, you know, do it on our terms and take less money because you've played seven games in the last two years. So if you want to come back, you can take less money. If not, you're gone. So I think it was kind of a you know what he he can be like he'll probably he might even be asked he might have already been asked about this question you know like why wasn't Daniel Hunter in your press conference he's probably like oh I just forgot about him he's a great player but I I think it was a tell when it comes to Daniel Hunter.
0: I think it's a strained relationship like overall just even with a new general manager and everything else and again. You know, what are the most tradable assets? I don't think you're getting a first for Daniel Hunter with that entry history. But, you know, does he want to play in a 3-4? Does he, you know, there, there's just a lot of questions when it comes to... Do want to follow honest. Andre Patterson of and the Giants? Right. Yeah. I think he's another guy you shop, you see what you can do. I mean, everybody kind of knows that, you know, they have the $18 million option. The Vikings could just kind of cut him. They obviously don't want to do that because he's got trade value, and they don't want to just cut a guy that could get double-digit sacks. Um, I think it's telling. I I think it's a tell because I think the Vikings are prepared to move on, and I think there's a lot of things just pointing towards a split. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Hunter has been a great Viking. The last couple of years just kind of went in the wrong direction, and you know sometimes you just need a change. So maybe there's a second act. Like you said, with the Giants where Andre Patterson went, uh, where Hunter can kind of get back to being the player he was pre injuries.
1: Yeah, I, I would keep an eye on that for sure. And you know, maybe Daniel Hunter's more open to listening to the likes now because Rick Spielman is gone, because Mike Zimmer is gone, because uh I don't know if you remember like when he was going through all the, the next stuff and you know People ask Mike Zimmer, you know, have you talked to Daniel or whatever you heard from him? And he's like, no. And then we're, we're yeah, like, this is this guy's like your best defensive player and you haven't talked to him. Like, what do like you think? Like, everybody,
0: doing? everybody just assumed that Mike Zimmer had this like tight relationship with all his yeah. defensive players. And like, Eric Hendricks came out after the season. Oh, was right. Like, yeah. No, no, yeah. Uh, it was, it was kind of weird. he's like, what? <laughs> like, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, the same thing happened with Hunter. The same thing, ha- I mean, he basically threw Cameron Dantzler in the doghouse and locked away the key. I don't think Cameron is that good, to be honest with you. But, I mean, like, when you're in his, when Mike Zimmer decides to, like, evaporate you, it's like Thanos, man. He just snaps his fingers and, you know, you disintegrate in the dust because you're dead to him. Like, the last couple yeah. of years, I mean, I don't know what Daniel Hunter's supposed to do, play on a torn pack. Like, that's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I'm just mess. glad that... It, I'm glad that era is over. Like, seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because if was, not, we'd was be talking about change. the
0: same things, so... Yeah,
1: and uh, I just think back to when he was, like, mad at Sharif Floyd for, for being injured <laughs> when his surgery was botched.
0: <laughs> when the doctor <laughs> screwed up. Yeah. How and dare he's like, you?
1: Uh, he's always injured. He never on the field. And it's like, the guy, like, cut open his ligaments in his leg all right that's all we got for today everybody thanks chris for that wonderful game um make sure to follow the viking age on twitter and facebook uh and please make sure you like this video if you're watching on youtube and to hit subscribe down below Um, but until next time chris and i will talk to you later